0: How are we doing today my lovely listeners whether your answer is good bad or somewhere in between I hope these next few minutes provide a respite for your soul as we talk about the hard spaces my name is Brenna and today I am joined by uh, my dear friend Noah Lewis and we are chatting about community and friendships and intimacy uh, within community today so let's get started Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to have the very first guy on Soul Things podcast, Noah Lewis. How are you today? Thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Noah and I actually go way back. We grew up together in the same church, the same youth group, had a lot of similar friends. And, you know, as you do, as you go off to college and kind of go your separate ways, um, but we were able to reconnect uh, recently um as I was sharing with him about this podcast so it's been really great to reconnect with you Noah so why don't you just take a few minutes to introduce yourself what stage of life you're in so our audience can get to know you better
1: yeah so I don't know how much time you've got because I've got a lot going on in life right now I call the the season of life I'm in right now the jump so I'm I'm working full-time in a sales job I'm on staff at a church I'm currently studying theology online. And I also just got engaged. So that's super exciting. She yes. said yes. She's she the love of yes my sucks. life. <laughs> yes, she said yes. Um, but it seems like just last year almost, I was getting out of bed and deciding, do I want cinnamon toast crunch or do I want Reese's Puffs? Big
0: choices. Like that was
1: the biggest thing going on <laughs> in my life. Um, <laughs> And all of a sudden, I'm just thrusted into being an adult, and I've got to figure it out. You've got a lot of responsibilities. It's not just roll out of bed and wing it anymore. I'm in a really grow up fast, figure it out, put your big boy pants on, and thrive in this world. And that's kind of scary. Yeah. But it also is a really great opportunity. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're you're like at the very beginning state, like we're both in the very beginning stages of actual adulthood. Like how old are you now, Noah?
1: Yeah, I just turned 23. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. So like like early 20s, and we're already like you're already stepping into like the huge realities of adulthood already with work and school and you know, now marriage and all this exciting stuff. So um I think um super, super excited to talk about this topic that um, Noah and I had chatted about a week ago about some uh, some topics that uh, we we feel passionate about and some of the challenges that people our age are facing. I mean, there's a lot, obviously, with these episodes that I've been making. Um, but today um, we're going to address something that I think is uh, related to every single person that is listening to this podcast. Um, even if you're, you know, not in your twenties or a little bit older or younger. Um, about true intimacy in community and in your friendships. Um, And I think we're in a very interesting time with, uh, with all of this. So let's kind of dive into it. So Noah, I just want to get your thoughts on, um, um, like, what do you think about um, this idea of true intimacy within community? Do you think by and large, on a general scale, people are doing this well. Is this a challenge? Like, what, what is the state of intimacy and in community for people in their 20s? Wow.
1: It's
0: a big no, that's question. a great
1: question. question. That's a big question. I think, by and large, it's really broken. By and large, people are not having intimate, deep, meaningful relationships within community. Mm. It's just not happening. We've gotten busy. We're trying to figure out life. And like I said, we're just thrusted into something brand new. And so community, I feel like it's really lost in the shuffle. It's kind of on the back burner. I'll get to it when I get to it. Mm. But it's not something that is a focus. And I think it's leaving lots of us really empty.
0: Mm. Why do you you think uh, investing in relationships and finding true intimacy and community? Because that... Like having a lot, like people can say they have a lot of friends, even if you're extroverted, but to have actual friends and true intimacy is a lot of work. And why do you think this is a challenge for our generation?
1: Yeah, I think that that's just the dynamic of social media. I've got a lot of followers. I've got a lot of people resharing my content. Mm. So I've got a lot of friends, right? Mm. No, no, you don't have a lot of friends. You have a lot of acquaintances, You have a lot of people you know, you know their name, you know what they posted last week, but you're not connected intimately with that many people. And so you ask, you asked why, why might that be? I've got a few reasons. One, I think, I think fear is a big one. Mm
0: -hmm. I think
1: that we're just scared. We're scared to open up and be vulnerable. We're scared to let other people in Mm -hmm. because we've tried that before. We've, we've invited somebody into the hard spaces of our life and they've left, they've walked out, they threw dirt on our name. And that's scary because I don't want to open up and have that happen again. So I'm, I'm afraid. So fear, fear is a big one. Mm-hmm. And then I think another one is, it's hard. Yeah. It, it's hard work. We're busy. Mm-hmm. And so we're all trying to figure out life. We've got a million things going on. We've got work. We've got fitness. We've got chores around the house. We've got errands to run. We've got so many things vying for our affection. Yeah. And you're asking me after that long day that I have to go put in more work and pour myself out to somebody else?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't have time for that.
0: Yeah, even just the thought of that, or like hearing that, sounds like exhausting. And even to somebody that's like an extrovert, I can totally attest to that. Yeah,
1: right. So I think I think fear is a big one. Mm -hmm. I think the struggle, the busyness, and kind of just the laziness of we aren't willing to go out of the house. We aren't willing to put down our phones and actually have real conversations. Mm -hmm. Conversations like we're having right now, Mm -hmm. where. We're just inviting people into these hard spaces and letting them do life with us. Mm-hmm. That's difficult to do, but it's so important.
0: Yeah, when you say "do life," sometimes I feel like that's such a Christian phrase. <laughs> what do you What do you mean when when we say like doing life together? Because I think that might be a key connection to like what we're talking about with like actual friendship and actual community. Like, I think some with my experience, I can just share a little bit. Is I have. A mixture of friends. I have friends that are believers. I have friends that aren't believers, and the dynamics with those are are fairly different. And just as uh, somebody who grew up in the church, and the majority of my community were believers and Christians, um, and knowing like you have that commonality and that foundation there was a sense that it was easier. I mean, I know there's also an age factor of, like, when you're in high school and college together, you're just, like, constantly around those people. And, like, you know, I went to, like, a Christian school for the first two years of my life and, like, just had, like, a lot of my ride or dies came from that experience. But then stepping into the world, in a sense, and, like, meeting people who don't know the Lord or aren't walking with Him, those relationships I found were different because they would call me friend and I would call them friend, but I realized those expectations of what that meant were so different. And like a friend is somebody that you go out with, that you take cute pictures with, that um, you check in with every once in a while, and maybe have a deep conversation. Um, but for me, it was like, I, if you're my friend, I want to, to do life with you. I don't want to feel like you're fitting me into your schedule, right? you know? And so I think like... Yeah, when we're saying like doing life, let's kind of maybe expand on that idea a little bit of like what like what what does that mean? Like what what do you mean when you say do life?
1: Yeah, so I think you touched on a couple key things. Number one, I think there's levels to friendships. Mm. And so friend can have a variety of different meanings. Like you said, you're mm-hmm. friends with non-believers, you're friends with believers, you're friends with people that you've known for your whole life, and you're friends with some people that you just met last week. Yeah. And there's different levels. I don't get up in arms about, hey, don't call them a friend. Like, because some people are really stringy about who they would call a friend. Yeah. I call lots of people friends, but I have a different meaning or a different connotation depending on how I see that person. Mm. And so for some people... Friend might mean we catch up every once in a while. And that's fine. That's that's okay. That's Mm. that's all it needs to be. But then I think it's also important to have those friends that are your ride or dies, those we're doing life together type Mm -hmm. friends. So what is so what is doing life together mean? Mm -hmm. I think, again, like you said, that's a very overused church i yeah. kind of I'm kind of cringing at the fact that I just use it it's just baked into it it's Christians. baked into it's baked into our vocabulary <laughs> um I hate it but I think to put it simply it's inviting people in mm. inviting people into the hard spaces inviting people into the rough spaces inviting people into the exciting places just inviting people in doing life With I think the key word in that that phrase is with. Mm. And so I like to work out. I really enjoy exercise. So what would it look like for me to buddy up and do exercise with Mm. along with somebody else? Mm -hmm. I really enjoy cooking or Mm. watching sports. Mm -hmm. What would it look like? Hey, would you want to come over for the game? Mm -hmm. Like we're going to do this together. Yeah, I enjoy this show on netflix what would it look like for us to do this together or then for some of your more intimate relationships Mm -hmm. doing all of those things but also we share the same morals so can we have a bible study together can Mm. we can we go deep into the word can you encourage me in my faith Mm. So I think there's levels to it, but I think doing life with somebody, the key word that you just got to remember is, is uh-huh. with just inviting. I've got homework to do. You want to, want to do homework together? Let's hit up this coffee shop. Let's do it together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great, that's a, that's a really clear definition. Thanks for chat, talking about that. Um, so I want to go back to, to something you were talking about with fear. Um, I know that there's some people listening that have gone through some pretty traumatic things, whether it's friendships or a, you know, guy-girl breakup, you know, family relationships, if there's abandonment there. um, And those can can play a huge role in building up the walls and the boundaries. And, um, you know, speaking from a a recent, uh, you know, really hard situation in my life earlier this year, I think um, there is a tendency to want to shrink back. Like there's this, this almost this sense of like relief or comfort of like, okay, I don't have to, like, I don't have to do life with somebody else. Like I can, I don't have to try to trust other people. I don't have to try to open up again. And it's like, how, what would you say to the people listening about those really hard spaces of, you know, where we're talking about the importance of community and having intimacy, but I think there's a real I think out of those points that you were making, there's a real reality of, you know, I don't know if that looks like, like, how do you rebuild that trust? How do you rebuild yourself to a mentally healthy space and a spiritually healthy space to where you are living in community and can find healing in that again? You know, what would you, what advice or, you know, wisdom do you want to share about that?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm really sensitive to this whole idea of being hurt Mm and being wounded and having people walk out on you or, or you thought the relationship was one kind of way. And it wasn't that for them because when I'm in relationship with you, that means something to me. And I've, I've been hurt quite a bit of times where it didn't exactly mean the same thing to them that it Mm -hmm. meant to me. Mm -hmm. And so that, that really hurts because you have an ideal in your mind, what's going on. And, It could be completely different in six months. Um, And so I think for a while, my mentality was. Everyone sucks. Like, yeah, (laughs) what's yeah. Like, let's just throw up your hands. I'm done. I'm tapped out. I don't want to try anymore because everybody is out to get me. Mm. Everybody and their mama is out to get me. Um, But I think. I think that that is expected. Mm. I think a few ways to to get around that are giving people the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Being like, that was unfair how they treated me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't deserve that. And maybe they don't even need to be in my life anymore. But moving forward, there are other people that have a story that have... A helpful friendly hand to to offer up to me and as I move closer towards them I don't want to you I don't want to look to the relationships of the past and say they hurt me and I think you're going to do the same to me and so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold yeah myself and not give it to you because I'm afraid of and I just think that that's so unfair
0: yeah
1: to everybody that's going to come into your path
0: yeah
1: and it's unfair to yourself because again like you need this Mm -hmm. and so I think it's giving people that are newly coming into your life Mm -hmm. the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. and not assuming the worst
0: yeah yeah that's
1: been that's been really big for me I think I'm naturally the kind of guy that when you say something, I'll take it a type of way and Mm. I'll overanalyze. I'll be like, what did they mean by that? And maybe a lot of times, sometimes they did mean something by it. Yeah. But sometimes they didn't mean anything by it. And you're just overanalyzing it. You're looking for something to feel bad about. And you just, and you write them off.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. And
1: so I'm learning to not do that.
0: Yeah. I think... I mean, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. I think this is great advice. And I think there is a spiritual element to all of this of the enemy wants us isolated. Mm. The enemy knows we cannot survive apart from the body of Christ and apart from community. And I think when, when I'm talking about that, that sense of comfort that comes with like, Oh, I've been hurt. I'm just going to pull away. It's such a false sense of security and safety. Um, and I mean, disclaimer, I'm speaking as somebody who's an extrovert and I really like people and I, you know, I like meeting new people and all this stuff. And, uh, but I, I mean, introverts and extroverts, we can get in, into that a, a little bit uh, later in this point in the podcast. I, uh, just wanted to say that disclaimer, but I, I think, um, being aware of the reality of there's a, there's a constant battle going on for your soul of, you, you know, where your attention is focused, um, how you are living your life, all, all of these things um, and choosing to press into the truth and choosing to press in to the one who defines you and the one who doesn't leave, doesn't forsake, the one who is near to the brokenhearted, and like pressing into those truths instead of like fixating and dwelling on the way that people hurt you. There's a place to feel sad. There's a place to feel that hurt. Because I, I'm definitely in a place like that with some relationships in my life. But the only way that I find like actual healing to still want to open up to people and like have these relationships is like pressing into the one who actually like defines who I am and, and not the person that walked out of my life or not the person that said this thing about me. And I totally like some of the best advice that I've ever seen from older people is it was in the context of like a dating relationship is always assuming the best in that person. Right. And not overthinking their lack of this or them doing this. But I think that applies to all relationships, especially like friendships too, is like, Oh, well, you know, I think, okay. For example, like a girl, like you're growing up in high school and you were, I don't know, bullied with the way that girls can be so vicious with their words. And then projecting that onto your friendships in college, if you had like a bad experience or something. And then like the cycle just continues of misery and isolation, and I think it just comes down to like understanding the spiritual reality of this and making a choice, like choosing to believe that what God says about community and friendship, because then you're filling yourself up. Right. And so you're able to give more, like even though like so like from the from like the outside perspective, it's like, wow, you've been through so much. How are you able to do this? And it's like it's literally only by God's grace that I'm able to continue to like love people and trust people and build into that community. So look, what would you say to like the spiritual aspect of all of this?
1: I think that that's incredible. I think that that's the only way you can make sense of relationships Mm. in the middle of hurt, in the middle of abandonment. All of these things can only be reconciled Mm. through a spiritual God given awareness to something better. Mm. Because if I'm in a relationship with you and I'm putting my hope and trust in how you treat me, well, even if you're the best friend in the world, you're still going to let me down. Yeah. And so if it's not, if it's, if it's in something else, then I can freely give myself to you and pour out to you and you can do the same to me and you can also hurt me. But when you hurt me, yes, it's going to sting. It's going to suck. But it's not going to steal my joy Mm. because my joy was not placed in that relationship. Like you said, my joy is placed in what God says about me, the truth. And so I think constantly going back to the truth, Mm. what what is true, what is right when everything else in the world is trying to draw you away from what is true, being centered, coming back to what is true, and then surrounding yourself with friendships that are hopefully doing the same with, within that type of context. What is true? Always coming back to what is true.
0: Yeah, so another aspect of this, um, this issue we're talking about, I think, is gender. Gender. And I think, um, I'm curious, just like as a girl, I think, you know, as an extrovert, external processor, as a girl, I have no problem talking about my emotions, like, you know, and feeling close to people pretty quickly and um, just like being a pretty open person. Um, But I'm curious, what does it look like in in a healthy relationship with the guy to guy of true intimacy is it you know like has that been a have you found that to be a struggle in guy circles growing up where are you at with all of this now and what advice would you kind of give to build that healthy intimacy with in a culture that I think doesn't do the best job of building up men and encouraging them to walk in a way that's like vulnerable
1: yeah no I think that that's you hit the nail on the head within a culture that is not building up men to do these things Mm. and that's the that's the whole problem we talked about coming back to what is true what is right and the culture is saying something completely different to men it's saying you've got to be macho you've got to you've got to hold it all together you've got to never have any emotions yeah yeah and when you can go through a bunch of crap and come out and act like nothing ever happened. Not say a word to anyone and just stick your chest out. You'll get applauded by yeah. many people in society.
0: It's like seen as strength. Right. Like you're strong. Right. And, and to me, it's like, I mean, I was listening to uh, Brene Brown, actually. I don't know if you've ever heard of like her talk on yeah. vulnerability. Yeah, it's truly seen as weakness. Right. So what has been your experience and what you've seen in your, you know, you yourself and then also just other men in your life
1: yeah so it's been a journey for me as well I think that I've come a long way because I also come from that same school of thought where you can be there for everybody else but nobody needs to get you because you're always fine you're always good you're always happy you've got a smile on your face all of the time nothing is ever wrong And it's really just a lie. Mm. It's not true. I go through the same stuff that everybody else goes through. And I think once I get to, once I've gotten to this point of just being real about it, just saying, yep, I, I messed up too. Yep. I have hurts too. Yes. I do have emotions. Yes. These things are going on in my mind. Yes. Sometimes I also get anxious. Sometimes I wonder if anyone likes me. Sometimes I get scared of the future. I have these things going on too. And then surrounding myself with other guys that are like-minded and are kind of just done with society's standard of how you're supposed to look, dress, talk, behave. I think it becomes much easier to do that. It's... You know what? I'm just going to call it the elephant in the room right now. I am struggling right now, and I need you. Would you do life with me? Mm. <laughs> there, there's that term again. Would yeah. you do life with me? Would you? Would you come in? I'm inviting you into this hard space. Yeah. And being vulnerable with another man, I think does something really, really special for a relationship that's man to man because. Then it says to him, it sig- it signals off in his brain. I really like that realness. I really like that authenticity. Mm. And I've also got stuff going on in me too. Let's talk about mine too. Yeah. You just you just raise your hand and put yourself out there. I'm gonna raise my hand and put myself out there too. And we're gonna walk through this together. Yeah. And it's it's really beautiful. So. I've got a good handful of dudes in my life that that's exactly what's going on right now. And it's, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. Did you feel in that in, I mean, not that it was just one defining moment, but in this process of opening up to other guys, you felt like you were instantly met with, yeah, me too. And that, that, because, because I, I felt like early in my early college years with some, some pretty deep struggles and sin that I was feeling with, I was like, girls don't struggle with this. Girls don't deal with it. Like, I'm not going to say anything. Like, I'm the only one dealing with this. And And I imagine it can be the same for guys too. Like, guys don't feel anxious about this. Guys don't, you know, whatever the lie is, you know, fill in the blank. And I think that is what the enemy uses to keep us isolated, is to believe that you are the only one struggling. And every single time, every single person I've talked to and experienced in my own life, the moment you just talk about it, The moment you bring it to the light, it is, and if you're met with people in true community, people you trust, people you want to invite in, you are going to be met with empathy, grace, acceptance, and healing begins in those moments. Right, right. And the journey since, you know, the, you know, I think when the word talks about like you know, confessing your sins to one another and all of that stuff or talking about your struggles with one another. There's a reason it says that. There, there, there's a purpose for that. And I think a part of that is finding healing. And you can't do that alone.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Men are known for being in a struggle and then rolling around in the dirt of that struggle. So I screwed up in a sin last night Mm -hmm. and well i'm already here let's not invite anyone into this struggle let's just keep rolling around in it and then showing up to school or to work like everything is okay Mm. and that's exactly what the enemy wants like you said that's that's first john Mm -hmm. that's things that are in the dark remain in the dark but when you flash the light onto them the darkness has to flee Mm. And so bringing other people that, you know, are walking into the light, inviting them in and saying, here I am. Look, this is the messy Noah. This is the disgusting, real, authentic, broken Noah. Mm. And just raising your hand and calling yourself out. That's I found every time that I do that. People respond appropriately appropriately. People respond with, like you said, grace and yeah. acceptance and love and forgiveness and and often a me too.
0: Yeah.
1: I think vulnerability breeds vulnerability.
0: Mm. Do you think there's an element of pride with all of this too? In, in, in not bringing it up?
1: For sure. Especially in Christian circles. Mm. Especially in Christian circles. Mm. We're, we're men of God. <laughs> yeah. We don't struggle with lust. Yeah. We're men of God.
0: Yeah. 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 We, don't,
1: we don't lie. We're never mean. We're not disrespectful. We don't have worrisome thoughts going through our brain. We're men of God. Yeah. Could never be me.
0: I, you know, I was listening to the, I don't know, do you know who Matt Chandler is?
1: Matt Chandler is the man.
0: He's the man. He was, he was talking about when we try to be our own God and... Try to rule and reign on our little baby throne of like, this is my life. I'm the God of my own life. And again, based in pride and this like, I got it all together kind of thing. And the wreckage that that just produces not only in your own heart, but in like those around you. Because I think that breeds into other people's like, well, Noah's got it all together. Right. I better keep quiet and right. like whatever. And so it's like you taking that step to be like, and the initiative to be like, right? I'm not I can't rule over my life anymore.
1: And that's exactly what it is. It's one person. It starts with one person being that one male or that one female that raises their hand and says, I am struggling. And you will be shocked at how many other people raise their hand and say, me too. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen right away, it's coming. Yeah. Because they are.
0: Where do you think we see examples of this in scripture of this type of vulnerability? And whether it's in the life of Christ or, um, in other relationships that we see in the Bible, um, where do you think we see true authentic vulnerability and how, how is that, um, to be applied to our lives?
1: Yeah. So I think of, I think of Paul, he's, he's struggling, he's suffering. He's got a messenger from Satan. He's got a thorn in the flesh. He's just crying out. Lord, would you, would you take this from me? No. No. <laughs> again, Lord, would you take this from me?
0: Yeah.
1: No. One more time. Lord, would you take this from me? And the Lord wouldn't take it from him. But if you read the text, it says that this was sent to him to keep him from being conceited. Mm-hmm. That was the reason yeah. that he had this. And so, again, to your point of pride... These struggles are meant to keep us humble, mm. to keep us from being conceited. And so Paul's just very authentic. And look, I'm struggling. But in my struggle, surrounded by godly men, inviting them in and being vulnerable, might God's grace be all sufficient. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think when I think of, I think those are all really good points. I think thinking of like a true moment of like humility and vulnerability is, is Christ on the cross. Yeah. Like sometimes it's hard to wrap my head around the reality of like, like him being God and being humility. like obviously like, the crucifixion and and the pain that goes with that, but like the emotional aspect of that in connection to we're talking about this vulnerability and intimacy is like him going through something so like to hang up there so vulnerable, so exposed, so um, in pain and to do that like for us to build intimacy with us, to have a relationship with us, I think is such a picture of You cannot have intimacy without being vulnerable. And I think that's one thing that just stuck out to me when I was thinking about this conversation is like actual example is Christ himself. And I think that's something like when we're talking about trying to emulate, you know, Christ and live out for him is something to think about is, yeah, true vulnerability was displayed on the cross for us. Um, okay. So another aspect that we briefly touched on before you talked about the different levels of friendships. Um, I sort of think it, I I sat in on a counseling session one time of like, who gets access to your heart? They put it that way of like, like, uh, the rings and like a target. So like you have your inner circle, your outer circle, you know, all this stuff. So like, there's a way to be loving while setting up boundaries. Right. Um, and, um, Maybe if we could speak a little bit more to finding that balance of building intimacy and community, but also having those emotional boundaries, <laughs> because I know that's something I struggle with as an extrovert. It's like, I want to be best friends with everybody, but that's just not, I don't think like as much as God wired us to be in community and intimacy, we are not meant to be fully known by everybody and fully, you know, all of this stuff. So so how how do you and your own life, because I know you're pretty extroverted too, you know, you have a, like a lot of people in your life, you live being in community. So how do you how do you find that balance of setting up those boundaries, but also having true intimacy? What does that look like in your life?
1: That's something I'm trying to figure out right now as we speak, mm-hmm. that everybody is not meant to get close to you. And that's okay. So just going in with that mindset that this is not for everybody. I can be friends with everyone to some level. Like we talked about the levels, but I don't need to be deep and intimate and giving my heart to everybody. And so how do I determine who's going to get that close space in my heart and in my life? I think a couple things. I think number one, you've really got to know that person. You've got to judge the fruit of their life. Is this person, somebody that has shown constant character, that they are trustworthy, that they are loving, that they're kind, that they're patient, that they are not the type of person that's going to hold my wrongs over my head and put me to shame? Is this a person that has shown love to other people and extended their hand out? If I'm looking at your life and I see all types of Holy Spirit inspired fruit, then I'm going to be more apt to invite you into my life because I want more people like that in my life. And those people are hard to find. But if you're somebody that's, I don't know, sometimes you are, sometimes you aren't, then yeah, we can be friends. We can go to the gym together. We can even watch movies together, but there's going to be a clear line where I'm not giving this to you. Mm. You haven't earned that yet.
0: Yeah. I think I think there's one thing I'm learning, too, because I'm still learning this because I feel like I just, I get close too quickly or I just want to, like, open up to everybody because I just want to, like, feel close to people. But I think, yeah, like, you're right. It's, like, giving yourself enough time within the relationship to discern and to right. be, like, okay, like, is this what is the balance of this friendship? Is this something that I need to be investing more into in terms of like being Christ to them and pouring into them because of where they're at spiritually. And it's going to be me a kind of like investing in them, or is it going to be, you know, more the opposite or is it more equal? I think there's like these different levels I'm trying to figure out of like, okay, this person I know is like in the word they're on. Like they're really like seeking God. Like I know I can go to them for advice about this, but if it's somebody that's like, whether they're not a believer or they're spiritually like, you know, you know, they're just new believers or whatever, whatever it is. Like, okay, like I want to invest in this person, but I'm not going to like tell, you know, go to them for advice about this thing or whatever. Like just trying to use that, that, that gift of discernment with those different relationships, I think has sort of helped me kind of figure that out. I don't know if you've.
1: Yeah. I think you need to check your motives too. I've learned about myself that a lot of relationships that I am giving of myself looks on the outside very noble, very admirable. But if I'm being dead honest, I'm clinging on to this person because I want something mm. because I don't feel good enough about myself and who I am, so I want them to hold me up. I'm putting my trust in them because yeah. I need them in a type of way for validation for a thumbs up to make me feel better about myself. Mm. And so again, as an extrovert, I want that from a lot of people. Yeah. I want that validation from a lot of people. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so sometimes I can overshare. I can over open up. I can overdo it in terms of trying to let people in because like you said, I want to be friends with everybody because when I'm friends with everybody, that makes me feel good about myself. Yep. Exactly. And so, See, you you just you just reverse this whole thing. Yeah, you were you you were pouring out. Yeah, which looks good on the outside. But deep down inside, you're only doing it because, you know, the ricochet effect is going to come back to you and make you look great. Mm. And so if that's the reason why you're opening up to everybody, then you just got to check yourself. And I'm not calling anybody out except for myself, because I do this regularly. And Mm. if you want to judge me, then judge me. But that's. That's just real. Yeah. And that's something that I've had to, to check. Why? Mm. Why are you getting into this relationship? It's got to be about the other person more than it's about me. Yeah. Jesus, his example, is always pouring out more than he's in it for himself.
0: Yeah. And, and we were talking about this earlier, and you said something that I think is really powerful, of true friendship being a dying to self and sacrificial. And I think those two words aren't used enough. right? Even in Christian circles, I feel like, I've maybe in the context of marriage, you hear about it, of you need to right. tell yourself. But like in friendships and in community, because I think there's even also a danger to something you talked about too, of motives, is I found myself doing this too, is people that I know maybe that aren't as like, haven't been walking with the Lord as long or aren't at all. I almost see them as like a mission to make myself feel better about myself. Like, I'm going to like, like, pour into, like, it seems good, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm going to, like, pour into them and, like, take time out of my day to, like, again, very self-focused, my day, right? Like, what, yeah. like, I'm going to take time out of my day to, like, have lunch with this person and, like, pour into them so then I feel better. I'm like, okay, like, I'm discipling or I'm feeling, like, you almost, like, create this false sense of, like, no, like, this is a person, like, Matt there again, do you see this person as having a soul?
1: Right. Come on. Or...
0: or <laughs> is this somebody to fit into your life to bring you pleasure and satisfaction? It's like this whole thing of like, are you your own God? Right. Or is God your God? And like right. that needs to be your focus if we're going to break. I feel like we're like, yeah, it's like, how do you break this? Like as an extrovert and I don't know if introverts are like, I cannot relate to this at all. What are you talking about? So it <laughs> might be hard for us to speak to the other side of this. Um, so, cause we've talked a lot about extroverts, but what what would you say to the introvert? I know that this is like a, Maybe this whole thing we've been talking about is completely important to them. I'm like, why do you want validation from other people? Like, I, like I, can, I have my three people. I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't need to, you know, be going to any small groups or deal with other people. Like, I'm fine. Like, I, I'm an introvert. I feel refreshed when it's just me and the Lord. I'm good. What would you say to that person or the introverts in general? I
1: would say much of the same, though. We have different ways that we get filled up. So sometimes extroverts need to be around other people because that's how they feel filled up. And introverts need and like their alone time. But the same way that introverts need and enjoy their alone time, extroverts need to learn from that and say, I need that too. Mm. I don't need everyone to just be right in front of me at all times. But in the same way, introverts can can maybe learn something from the extroverts in that... Hey, community is important. And you might not think that you need it because you enjoy being alone. But there's going to come a time when you hit rock bottom and you're going to need somebody to pick you up. Mm. You're going to need somebody to, to walk through it with you. And so I would say to the, to the introvert, don't get too comfortable being alone. It's good, good and right. You should have your alone time. You should, you should enjoy that. You should cherish that. But don't get too comfortable and too prideful because there's also pride in that too. I don't need anybody. Yeah. Just got I've just got me and my my coffee mug and yeah. and my my sermon on my laptop. Yeah, I don't need to be plugged into anybody else. Oof. It's that that's a sense of pride too. So I would say. To both the extrovert and to the introvert, let's try to come with humility and let's question our motives.
0: Yeah, I think that's something maybe a lot of more people dealt with in the last year and a half of, oh, I don't need church. Right. Oh, I don't like. Right. I, I can watch it on Zoom and have my time with the Lord. And I got my couple friends. I got my family, whatever, you know, whatever the situation is, you kind of talk yourself out of it. Right. You convince yourself that, oh, no, I, I'm good. Like, I got this. And like in, like you're saying, in those really challenging times, we are never meant to go through that alone. Like, God did not wire us that way. He did not design it. Like, he, yes, people are introverted. People are extroverted. People feel refreshed and recharged differently. But nobody, nobody is meant to be an island at all. And I think the last year and a half has made that a lot more prevalent. I think of people leaning towards that of like, I am good. I don't like, I'm fine. And you're like convincing yourself out of true.
1: It goes back into the whole thing of that's easy. Mm. That is so easy to do. And it's hard to pour out and give to people in sacrifice of yourself and of your time and maybe even of your money and your energy that is difficult. And so I think the pandemic kind of just said, All right, here. Yeah. And for a lot of people, they were like, Woohoo!
0: Ooh.
1: I don't have to go out. This is amazing. Yeah. But I think for a lot of those same people, they hit this point where it's like, Oh, shoot. It's the same thing that I was super excited about. I'm starting to realize. I really need this. Maybe I was wrong after all. Yeah. And so for that person, I would encourage, you're right, you do. Yeah. And try to just slowly lean into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, what I want to kind of close this podcast in is, is talking about this idea of what does it practically look like to have true friendship in the sense of bringing up those terms again of dying to yourself and sacrificial relationships. Like, wh- what is that? Like, those are some big terms. It's like, okay, well, what does that actually mean? What does that look like? How have you experienced that from other people? How do you show that to other people? Like, what can you say to people listening about, like, what, do you, what does that mean? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so I've got, I've got a couple of friends that are not currently in the state. They're out of state, but I'm very, very close with them. And if they need me, I've got them. I've got you. I will go wherever you need me to go and I'll be there for you. And same thing for me. Like if I need them, they've got me. And so what does that actually mean? What does that actually look like? It looks like. Two in the morning, I am. Going through it on the verge of tears and. Don't know what else to do with my life. I'm questioning everything. And my good buddy saying. Bro, I've got work at six in the morning, but I'm going to sit on this call with you as long as you need. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to walk through this with you, knowing full well, I'm going to be very tired tomorrow morning at work. But you know what? It's not about me. I'm in this for you. And so I'm going to. Ruin my sleep if that's what it takes to make sure that my friend's okay. I'm going to give of myself in a way that is might give, might not be beneficial to me at all other than that I'm giving. Mm. And so, again, it's it's your motive getting into friendships, getting into relationships for the sake of the other person. Yeah, I am in this relationship to better you yeah hopefully you're doing the same for me but but i'm not concerned so much of that i'm more concerned with you yeah and so if we just get a bunch of people that are committed to doing that and they're doing it for me and i'm doing it for them well we might just have one of like we just might have a revolutionary community mm. of people that are just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, and pouring out, you can continue to do when one your your number one source of energy is is Jesus, mm. and then number two, you're also connected to a community of people that are also committed to doing the same. yeah and so pouring out, although it is extremely tiring, it becomes life-giving yeah because it's just this cycle of i'm pouring out they're pouring out god's the source and it's just beautiful yeah that doesn't mean it's not a struggle that doesn't mean you don't want more sleep that doesn't mean your heart never gets anxious it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you don't get upset with your your friend ever no it's a struggle it's work it's it's knowing how to confront them when they're in the wrong or apologize to them when you're in the wrong. It's, it's hard work. Mm. But I think when you get a group of people that are committed to doing that hard work, great things happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, I think that's so powerful. I had, I had a friend tell me that you investing in your relationship with the Lord and your alone time with him and in prayer and, and getting in his word is also for the benefit of the community of believers, like you're saying. Like you can't do this unless you're filling yourself up. Right. So, like, yes, we're talking about pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, but also remembering, keeping in mind, filling yourself up consistently, so you're able to do exactly. This. Because you can't just be con- like constantly like being self-sacrificial if you are not. Being filled, so just encouraging people to to remember that the importance of you in your alone time with the Lord is also for the sake of the other, the saints. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, Noah. Well, this has been a great, very filling conversation for uh, for me, and I hope for all of you listening today. So, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode. Um, I would love to engage with you all. So. Please give a follow on Instagram. I know we were bashing social media a little bit, but I would love to uh, have you follow it. soul underscore things underscore podcast. Or you can be old school, shoot me an email at soulthingspodcast at gmail.com. Throughout the week, I'll be sharing encouraging uh, messages, insight into upcoming podcasts, and maybe even taking some polls. So I would just love to chat with you all through those platforms. So thank you for joining me on the journey through navigating your 20s. And remember, even in the hard spaces, His grace abounds. See you next week.